0: Welcome back to an all-new Super Metal Brothers podcast, where we are waiting for that black hole sun, won't you come? I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. Crazy week, Danny. I know you want to get this right off your chest, so just go for it. Straight away, this has been keeping me up at night. This has been the most bizarre and controversial topic ever to hit, the metal airways. And all I can say is, Gene, thank you. Gene Simmons, that is me clapping at somehow some sense got knocked into you the last week that you decided to pull your frivolous patent off the metal horns. That's right, guys. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Gene Simmons finally deciding to give up or at least abandon the trademarking of the metal horns, as they call it. Uh, We've got the Rolling Stones top 100 metal albums of all time. We've asked the fans of their feedback, and they gave it to us. Everyone's very opinionated about maybe not so much metal uh, with this, but more about uh, Rolling Stones, I'd imagine. Uh, We're even reviewing Ice Dirt's latest offering, Incorruptible. These guys have been going around for over 20 years. Do they still have it? Well, you're going to have to find out towards the end of the show. But first, let's talk the news. (music) Top of our list on the uh, news stories today is Hellfest. Uh, We at Babbage Cap, a grass pop, which was being played around the same time last year, Danny. And uh, let's just say they get a lot of people to these gigs. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, for them to be hosted on the same weekend in Europe. They still pull over 100,000 plus each crowd. It's quite amazing. But what they do, they quite clever. They actually share pretty much the headliners and acts. And it's not a big issue in Europe. You get on your train, within 20 minutes, you're like in five countries away. So it makes sense. But patrons there do take issue to certain bands, one of them being Linkin Park. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Linkin Park, especially their Chester Bennington, had a lot to say about his fans that were the old school guys, you know. They're not gonna, they're not, they, they were like the old times, but the fans really want to hear it. They're just not gonna give it to him. And he made sure the fans know about it in the most derogatory ways possible, which is a dick move from a band, right, Danny? Yeah, but it's got weird. Like quickly, what happens? Like the crowd apparently yelled abuse at Chester, so Chester like gave him the middle finger back, and then apparently they they did the love heart signs in their hand, and in it, and then Chester smiled. And the show went on. I'm like, this must be the most ridiculous reporting I've ever heard. I cannot believe none of that ever happened. Well, the th- problem that I find is that I had to start watching Lincoln Park. And then I realized that <laughs> the problem with watching Lincoln Park is you feel like you have to throw a pint of beer or I give him the finger. So I really understand that the last moment of what happened at the gigs is the first thing that happened to me. So, you know, I didn't get too far uh, just listening to it, unfortunately. But um, like you said, Danny, the fans aren't going to like it. He's not going to like the fans for doing it. They're just gonna have to learn to get along. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, look again. Like we've talked about last week, at least these guys didn't go full suicide silence on um, damage oh. control. They've actually pulled back early enough to realise. No, no, we're just if a fan's like it's fans different like it. of opinion, and that can still get your records sold. You know, they're still giving you free publicity. Look at the media; they're full of doing stories that get things wrong. Uh, Premonition to Rolling Stones that we're gonna be yeah, talking about exactly. later on. A, uh, a bit of foreshadowing. But like, let's go on to some other festivals where the Foo Fires are launching their own one. Uh, they're calling it Cow Jam. To, uh, they're getting the cool slash 17, you know, being the current year. And it's going to take place in San Bernardino in California, where I imagine they'd get a lot of guys like in the Gold Coast here, Danny. People over 80 and a lot of sunbathing. Yeah, pretty much it. Uh but California is full of the uh, hipster crowd, so yeah, uh, so it's like you know, Melbourne, but with better weather. Uh yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> it should not be like full of those, you know, organic, natural, ten thousand dollars for one eggplant type. Yeah, meals there. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the lineup so far is not looking that overwhelming for like hard rock and metal. But you know, this is the first time they've done it, and who knows? But it's what welcome. they're bringing that isn't the metal bands that's getting everyone excited. We're talking about uh, clue Camping, whatever that is. Carnival um, rides, I know what that is, and a water park. Yeah. Apparently, there's even a Foo Fighters Rock and Roll Museum, so you get to learn about the band. I got a newsflash for it. It's called the Internet. Does a pretty good uh, job uh, about it. getting all that history about your, well, the band you like. I'd imagine. I mean, honestly, how good can a temporary water park be? It's gonna be like an Australian water park where there's like a big hill. They just put one of those like, slides <laughs> down there. Like, whee! That's five bucks, mate. Oh, shit. I think they need to be introduced to slip and slides. That's all you need, right? Just like a bunch of yeah. uh, industrial glad wrap or, uh, you know, all that stuff you use for tarpaulins and stuff. Yeah. Add a bit of water, a bit of soap. There you go, man. And, put it on a hill. Or maybe like merchandise could be like the super soakers. They so just go around the crowd, like just super soaking everybody. That'd oh, be pretty man. sweet. We're giving too many ideas out, man. We gotta make some of these ideas for ourselves when we have the Super Metal Brothers 2017, where. Well, we're doing it in Australia, so I don't think anyone will come to that. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> they keep, they keep fighting over us. Oh, it's like <laughs> Wayne's World 2 when no one comes. Yeah. Um, we like Pantera, don't we, Danny here? Yeah, man. In fact, I feel like punching something right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Eugene. The Great Southern Trend Killers have emojis. They're now out on your iOS. Uh, coming to Android in September. That's like two months away for me because I am not. i have not on iOS device. I'm not going to use one. You guys on your? Is that the uh, iPhone? Is it? I think iOS is Android, isn't it? No, it's out now on iOS, coming on Android. Oh, yeah. They're two separate things. Oh. We are not the Super Phone Brothers. We are the Super Metal Brothers, oh, guys. Geez. So if you know what it is, maybe just jump on our Facebook oh, wall. And- know, no, it's bullshit. you got, you got to pay for these as well, these emojis. They're not free. You don't just download them. You actually have to pay for them. Well, apparently back when the day, they had uh, Zach Wild ones, which I don't know how you can turn artificial harmonics into um, <laughs> emojis, but they managed to do it with Dimebag and the crew. You know, you got yeah. Phil Anselmo. Uh, the uglier dime bag Daryl yeah. and an even uglier guy called uh, Red Rex, Brown. Yeah, Rex Brown, Red, Red Brown Red Brown Red yeah, Brown, Brown. Yeah, yeah that's right oh god it's been a long time since it's in it's here. Yeah. now do you reckon some of these uh, photos were pre-Columbus Ohio geek or I'm not sure anyway <laughs> I think that the only emoji I saw which is probably usable was the vulgar display of power emoji. So yeah. if, if you're ever like angry or so, like a Gene Simmons, you could do like send them the fist to the face emoji. I like the um, the guitars. I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to get it, but I get it because you got some of like three of the guitars, the washbones that um, Zach, uh, sorry, Zach, what, That uh, Dimebag was using. And they look really cool as emojis. They're pretty small, but like, uh, I just imagine after every sentence, I'm just going to have to put them in there somewhere. Yeah, but I don't say like. The relation unless like giving someone the dime bomb takes like a sexual orientation what's the point of like bullying like a dime bag guitars and emoji yeah i know it's, it's gonna be a it. bit tricky but uh for all those metalheads out there that uh we're just sick of having zach wild being the call-out trademark for your uh, text messages to uh you know yeah the metalhead friends you got these so you know enjoy your, your five or ten bucks whatever they charge for it you know so, uh, Ed Milband, we know him as the guy who used to be the labor leader, apparently in uh, the UK. Got talking to the guy from Napalm Death, Barney Greenway. Now the interesting thing about this is he asked Barney to help him out with some screaming live on the air on a radio station. How'd that go, Danny? Uh, for the Napalm Death guy was quite good. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. The ex-Labor <laughs> guy was absolutely terrible. He just he just went all British. He's like yes, yes, yes. So you got to scream it, and he's kind of like ah no, you don't talk louder. You need to scream. You know, so people who sing, I'm singing in pitch. No, you just sing louder. You don't in pitch, mate. So I think here on the Super Mel Brothers, we need to now give the fans how we could scream. I think we need to show them how we scream. So our fans can hear how unmetal we are. Danny, have you ever screamed before? Oh, my scream is atrocious. It sounds like a non-existent rusty gate. Oh, but... right, I want to hear it. Ready, go. All right. All right. Yeah.
1: That's pretty right. much it. It's so, supermira
0: Dan here's me. Supermira, yeah, ready for the microphone? Yeah. Yeah, that's a better than Daniel's. All right. So, there's <laughs> our screams, guys. Uh, we we want to know which one you thought was better. Just jump over to our wall and um, you know. Maybe we're better than uh, Ed Milband. Maybe we're not. Oh yeah, that's easy. You just talk like with a bit of like depth to your voice. Better oh, than him. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Brandon- hey, to be fair, at least he gave it a go and he gave it a try. Most exile politicians would be like, "Oh, metal. Oh, that's terrible news." Well, that's what we thought. So we can't just give this guy crap without doing it ourselves. So now you can give us crap for trying to do it ourselves. Speaking of which, uh, Animal Leave leaders have transcribed the Madness of Many album, which is um. Dude, I don't know... So basically what what they've done is made a tab book for all these guitarists out there who wanted to... I don't know who's insane enough to want to learn animals as leaders but what I would imagine would have been easier for them instead of having white paper with black notes they should just have a, a black piece of paper and just colored in the white parts <laughs> yeah, of it right, which yeah. aren't notes because yeah, yeah. literally you're going to find it's a little bit like looking at the constellations here in Adelaide like you get five stars and the rest is just black pollution yeah you know how expensive these books are they had to pay for all that black ink this is a very expensive book to buy and it's just it's just a tease you give that to like any guitarist they're can just going can to like commit suicide give up the guitar um you will know, for the masochistic, um, complete nerds of the internet or in the guitar world, and there must be at least four of you out there who are going to buy this book. Enjoy, and for everyone else, there's Mastercard, which means like literally grabbing it and just sliding your wrist because you can't do this song. It's too <laughs> freaking hard. It's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> You know what you you could do? You could literally pull out the pages of it, stick on your wall, say, that's a Jackson Pollock original. Yeah, it's worth like a million bucks up there. Yeah, it's going to be a bit tricky, but enjoy your notes because you're going to get quite a lot of them in that book, so you will know exactly what it's about when you start reading it. And uh, enjoy your therapy sessions afterwards, and then your funeral. Thanks. Can you imagine OPTEP being... In another source of controversy, Danny. Oh, these people here. I mean, their metal sucks Is like, most favorite band cause it's so edgy and it's so, like, uh, willing to do anything for, like, the minority. Yeah, they're but willing to make uh, underwear commercials or, you know, if you want to give it a glorify it, <laughs> it uh, aftershave commercials yeah. and generalize the public, but have it as political correct as possible. Make sure you have your hot black girl and your hot white girl making out. But then, you know, do it for every kind of thing. So you're two hot guys and, two, and a guy and a girl. Yeah. Very, very edgy. Oh, oh, I really edgy. like oh. the way they managed to get the most incredibly attractive people of society doing the Horizontal Monster Mash to some music that sounds like a Horizontal Monster Mash. Oh, it's a car crash. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's a car. But these, these people here, this O group, groups, apparently um, they, were, they were touring around America with a, 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 sport, a sport act, which con, is a local con, sport act. conveyances. Conveilance. Yeah, and yeah. conveyances had enough of them and said that we can't finish a tour with you guys because you're intolerable. That's the thing about it is that the band kind of came back and kind of said that, oh, you know, it was them that kind of did the last straw, but they didn't deny or acknowledge anything that the guys from Convalences said, and they said quite a lot. And the most important thing that was, I that I wanted to get out was the um, they were like covering him for the merch table every night, helping with band security under staff venues, helping the band and crew load in and out every day, and uh, they felt like they were met with a lot of disrespect from the lead singer. Uh, we've seen this lead singer uh, definitely go off, so it wouldn't be out of her trademark or out of her personality to, do, I guess, do it. But um, how about that for the patriarchy, Danny? Having a bunch of privileged white girls yelling at these poor blokes and uh, kicking them off a set of a tour. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the band is just not good music. I don't understand no. who keeps supporting point. It's- Band, but they're not that great so yes. hopefully this we hear a little of this band in the future oh. well yeah here's us like putting us as a news story so we're kind of divided it's like we won't get any great news stories out of it but um what about this for a new story danny gene simmons we had this at the start of our episode and right now let's put it to a rest where gene simmons if you didn't know he tried to literally trademark the iconic metal horns that have been following everyone around. Everyone, to so go to a gig, you seeing the horns, right? You know when people raise, you know your index and your uh, pinky uh, up in salute, um, looking like the devil or whatever. Um, he wanted to. He wanted to get money off of it. And funny enough, right now, he's withdrawn it, or at least it's been abandoned from the trademark institute. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Look, I have a feeling that he wouldn't be able to trademark it because it's like uh, public use and blah blah blah. But the fact that he did it shows speaks a lot about his character. I think that we have to now come up with a new saying. Like if someone really stuffs up or does something very greedy, it should be called doing the gene. Yeah. It's just because just after sad. drawing criticism from, let's say, the world, I mean, you got from Triple M, Yeah. like here in Australia, our Adelaide uh, alternative rock uh, music station, to Ronnie James's uh, wife, uh, Wendy. The community just went in an uproar. Even Vinnie uh, uh, Pice said that uh, D.A. would have been really pissed off. And uh, he was pissed off when he was alive. Remember that documentary, the yeah, yeah. Uh, Heavy Metal Headbangers Journey? Yep. They had talked to Ronnie James D.A. twice and he managed to give Gene a, a swipe. <laughs> yeah, both times they were just talking to Ronnie about normal things. And he both times he had to make a point of talking about how Gene Sim's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. It really belongs to the people. It's for the people, by the people, before Metal Heads, by Metal Heads kind of thing, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. At least now it is. It's just like, oh man, what a dick. Yeah. It's, you know what, the thing is about this regime is I don't actually believe that he doesn't want to do it. I just think he's waiting for it to cool down. Because yeah. like, there's so much heat on him right now because it's been abandoned, this trademark. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's stopped doing it or stopped pursuing it. He's just Maybe it's like it's just bad timing. Yeah, like um, was it Nicky Sticks came and said he wants to now trademark the middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> he's if you can trademark that, I can trademark my Actually, I want to do you the thumbs up. Yeah. And everybody who likes something on Facebook gives me freaking roadies. Oh, my God. I will be a millionaire. That would be sweet. Um, We've actually seen Devin Townsend this week get back onto a tour with a, or doing a gig with Steve Vai and – Nuno Court and Grace Potter, and they played a song called Get the Funky Up. The best thing about this is on YouTube, so anyone out there can actually watch it. The worst thing is that, you know, you know, Devin Townsend sing on it, but you don't really hear much because there's other douchebags doing the same thing on it the whole time. So it actually makes me really sad. It's kind of like, why? Just have Devin do it. He's good. You know, you you're with him for all that time. You know, he, he then called you a loser eventually. So, you know, you got history together. So, I don't know. Oh, it's apparently nice just, was Townsend is going to come out with a new album with was it Steve Viner or who, or who was it, was it no Afer. he's coming out with Mikel Eckerfeld yeah, yeah, from Opeth but, but apparently Devin wants to go heavier so I don't know how that's going to work out uh, well I'm guessing because he just played with Steve Viner he got to be you know, side cattle for his singing tour I can see why he'd be pissed off with that too yeah, now fair. more ammunition for this album can't wait to review it Corey Taylor surprisingly gives a paralyzed fan in hospital a feel good moment uh, he visits a, a good fan and I think the one person should really be thanked for this is not Corey Taylor, but by his management team. Yeah, that's right. After the Nickelback controversy where he was going to him and back with Chad Kroger about who's got the smallest penis, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Corey, um, you know, he got to a point where it's like maybe the manager's kind of thinking, look, you're getting a lot of bad heat on yourself. Maybe do the right thing. And actually what was funny is that it actually came back to Nickelback where now they actually receive less sales from their CD did this have something to do with it? Did this put uh, Corey Taylor over, or was it just good timing? Yeah, I'd like to say no, because I don't want to give anything that anyone else does um, affecting Nickelback. I want Nickelback to be the demise of themselves. Someone said, Corey did this because he's a top bloke, and he wanted to do it. Nickelback failures because Nickelback, people realised Nickelback should nah, failed. I don't know, man. I watched the uh, cool uh, Nickelback interview where they're talking about how the industry is going, and they made a lot of really good points because they were told by bigger bands than themselves about... Like, what are you going to do when you stop selling CDs? And they just kind of had that real moment like, oh, like maybe we are going to be finished. So they're really cool. They go into some insights. They seem like really cool dudes. Um, Corey Taylor, on the other hand, he seems like a really cool dude, but really angry dude at the moment. And um, he's actually mentioned that the next Slipknot record will be heavier. So now he's maybe get maybe that's what this guy needs. He needs an outlet for his aggression. Maybe. See, perhaps he's purposely like starting to fight for people so he can get angry. Yeah. He's like, dude, eat a Snickers, better? No, it's not better. <laughs> Give me a Slipknot record. Evermore. <laughs> ah. Um. So that's fine. You know, that's part of the industry. Um. You know, good for them. But what a way! What a way we live in in the Western society where we can kind of like throw crap to each other, play the music we want, listen to the music we want, and not get any repercussions from it. Not such with rainy metal band confess. These guys were facing execution for blasphemy for literally playing heavy metal. Yeah. What? What? What do we say with that? Like, uh, you know, these guys are apparently safe right now, but they're still because they're not worried about losing their life, I'd imagine. But um, it still wouldn't be over for this band. They're on the radar of a of the. Um, you know these the, the people. So uh, what's going to happen to them, Danny? What's going on? Well, currently they don't really know what's going to happen to them. Like the charge they they're charged them facing, execution's been dropped, but they can still face jail time and whoever knows Detention, what that means. Detention, torture oh. raised up by uh, some magazines that I've been reading. Yeah, yeah, and all all because of the fact that they so have heavy metal and apparently metals on the um, do not playlist in Iran, and their lyrics can be. Um, you know controversial or anti-government or potentially blasphemy if that's true or not so and because of that they they can't do it and they could be in jail just because of playing music it's yeah. like come on really and he raised and the best thing is at the end which i think we need to read out is we don't know what's going to happen to us as human beings and as artists and that's the most important thing man i think with metal here in Western culture, especially, it's like it feels like the misfits get attracted to metal. People that feel outside the box, who have got ideas or certain creative outlets that cannot exist in any other platform, has a home in metal, whether it be incredibly violent, peaceful, dark, safe, happy, edgy, it doesn't really matter. Um, so to hear these poor guys may not have that opportunity to, they can live, sure they can live, but they won't be able to do what they really love. Tragic. Sounds like a a Shakespearean story. I'm surprised Disney hasn't trademarked this yet. Uh, if one of the parents dies, said Disney, would tra- Disney would turn into a movie. <laughs> for some reason, Disney is-, Disney is sick, man. Yeah. How much do you want? To- but that's the thing. Um, I really feel bad for these guys. You know, I really hope that these guys get the chance to be the artists and musicians they really want to be. But uh, they are facing insurmountable odds. The biggest problem I have right now is getting off my lazy butt and leaving my warm bed and, and facing our cold winter, which hasn't rained for some reason. Um, this guy is actually facing the execution from his government. So um, there you go, man. It puts things in perspective for you guys. Yeah. yeah. You puts know, yeah. put things in perspective for us? Yeah. The Victorian police. They are saving lives, Danny. Do you know how they're doing that? No, I don't know, man. By breaking into people's personal stuff, raiding through it to make sure they haven't got any drugs. That's right. But that's how music festivals only matter, isn't it? It is. Yeah, start some music festivals. Start. That's and right. And apparently, and this is the tagline, they're going to be protecting lives and ensuring music festivals are greater places for young people to get together. Now, I know in Europe they do it an easier way. They just get you to hand their drugs over to them and they just test it, you know? Yeah. And if I was them testing it, I would be like, yeah, all the ones that are the placebo is like, yeah, no, no, it's totally fine. But anything with it, they'd be like, no, nah, it's going to kill you, mate. You know what I mean? And then they can risk it. I was actually got a question for you, Matt. Uh, what's a music festival? Well, the funny thing is, is that Metalheads right now won't have to worry about getting their stuff invaded because we don't have any metal festivals, do we, Danny? Uh, what is a music festival? <laughs> uh, before the tears come quick. Um, you know, we do have like New Dead and stuff like that, which is great. But as far as outdoor events with multiple stages, like five or six stages, you know, that take a good 20 minutes to walk to and from. You get dehydrated. Don't worry, there's three bars there. But food stores that are like, you know, miles away and toilets actually even further. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you guys want to know what a music uh, festival is, well, we're going to hope that the um, not the not Fest comes yeah. down or the download comes out. Down. Yeah. They were promising this, yeah. but much like the girls I used to want to date in high school, they just said maybe later. And that's not cool, man. Maybe's a no. Maybe's a no. Maybe's, Maybe's always, a no. always a no. Always a no. Even when you see it with your, uh, you think maybe when they're dating your mates, and then you're like, yeah, maybe. No. Nah, it's always yeah. a no. Let's uh, finish it off with James Hetfield. Right now, he admitted that Hulk Hogan claimed to audition for him, but he also can't remember Hulk Hogan auditioning for him. Yeah, it's a funny story that. I mean, it was back in the 80s or so, but apparently Hogan said he, like, recorded himself playing guitar and just sent his tapes into Metallica. Yeah. So he didn't, like, really physically um, go to, like, an audition or something. He just sent a conservative playing. And it could have been that bad that Metallica just threw in a pile before he even painting I imagine attention. the Hulkster. Uh because he went through this whole thing where he admitted that, uh, or he didn't admit, it, he backtracked because he actually claimed that he did know the band, but then he kind of backtracked and said, no, he, like you said, did the audition tape. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, seeing Hulkamania running wild on those bass strings would have been too much for people to handle, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think Yeah, that guy's too much of a show, brother. He's, he doesn't deserve a medal. And, yeah. and then he lost his hair too early and it, it didn't work. It yeah. work. Hey, look, look good, good for him. He went on to ruin TNA, the WCW, and his own life. So congratulations, Hulkamania. You're, you're still with cool with us, brother, I guess. Yeah. Oh, what's his song again? I'm the real American. Yeah, he's yeah. a real American. <laughs> the brokest American. Aww. Oh, man, that made me sad. Let's go on to our editorial. Controversy is spelt many different ways. Sometimes it starts with a C, sometimes it ends with Rolling Stone. And right here today, we are here to talk about the top 100 greatest metal bands, or I guess recordings of all time, from the Rolling Stones magazine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This was very, again, annoying. Once I got this Gene Simmons issue, this Rolling Stone thing just picked up and got me angry again. And I guess before we establish and point out things wrong with this, I guess we should talk about what their ground rules are, because I was one of those people who just went straight into the top 100 list, and I did not take consideration their ground rules. I thought, oh jeez, that was very rude of me, I should have considered what their ground rules are. So for everybody playing at home, and you probably had the same reactions as to what I did, here's how the Rolling Stones eliminated some bands out of their top 100 best metal bands of all time. Okay, first it starts with, and this is pretty much quoting from the text, although the genre's late 60s and early 70s forebearers. Not just giants like Cream, Zeppelin, and Deep Purple, but also less iconic yet equally heavy bands such as A Ka- Mountain, Captain Beyond, and Sir Lord Baltimore created some truly unreal metal moments. The LPs often made folky, bluesy detours away from the maximalism that later marked the genre. So we ruled them out. We did the same with bands that specialized more in hypercharged rock and roll, whether that means like ACDC and Guns N' Roses, but are missing the X factor that separates their music for metal so that is that is how they kind of eliminated some bands where you just would have put your house on being in this top 10 metal yeah. and people like Lemmy from Motorhead who are on this list even credited Deep Air with being the first heavy metal band so it really gets you thinking Rolling Stones these was it 6 or 7 people who Rolling Stones it? hate Lemmy that's what we're uh, trying to establish here guys that Rolling Stones hate Lemmy and in contrast um, it's funny because they would mention it in a breath that all those bands like that Who um, you know didn't have that heavy metal instrument, but I guess that put in bands that seems to have like a punk influence. I'd imagine. I think it was um, the Melvins. The Melvins. We got I guess Barones in there as well. Um, There's some kind of interesting bands that uh they've included and uh, some featuring quite high. But we'll go into that in a sec because we've got to get to our fans first. Fans first, and uh, let's talk straight off the top with uh, one of them that's gone in here. We got. Daniel Cedarblad, he said, The ordering triggered me a lot, but I think that the contents were decent. As far as metal goes, the first one I look for is Heartwork, Paranoid, Vulgar of Stalia Power, vice for Puppets, Pain Clitor, Rust in Peace, maybe, and Train of Thought. Or do you leave out Power Metal and Prog Metal? Personally, I think Slayer and Motley Crue are overrated and wouldn't have them that high at all. I do think they're overrated, personally, but I still do believe that Slayer, for example, has a massive influence to the metal industry, um, they just have such an iconic sound with those, you know, thirds and chromatic dark diminished lines that just work really well. They're very tense, uh, especially like with um, the drumming going on there as well. It's, didn't they invent the blast beat? What's the guy's name? Not Sean Reynard. Ah, uh, damn. Dave Lobato. Lobato yeah. He was credited as having you know, that single-note punk blast beat. He was one of the first guys to do it. And look where blast beats have gone now. So Yeah, I don't... thanks, Lombardo. Oh, great. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're anything like Super Metal Brother Matt, uh, Danny over there, yeah, he could do with a... Um, a lobotomy as well as having a, a, a blast beat played again. Right, Danny? Yeah, it's true. But I know that Daniel Serpland is also massive, like Floor Janssen fan, and Floor not no big fan of Slayer. So I can oh, see how that... dude, that's going to help you get laid. Just yeah, saying. But, but, I, but I, I agree with Motley Cruz. Like, how can you say Motley Crue there? They're not heavy. They're hard rock. There'll bit the glam elements in it. How's yeah. that considered? How are they more heavy than ACDC? Yeah. I don't, I, or Guns of Roses. I don't, where you, ah. Yeah, that Hells Bell's intro is like, Heavier than a uh, uh, fair fair oh, lot of their geez. songs, but um, anyway. you know, hey, look, the last time Rolling Stones got the, uh, such a a story wrong so bad, the the guys got uh, seven point five million dollars received out of it. All right, let's hashtag rape on campus, hashtag <laughs> fake news, right? So let's just keep going on with uh, Steve Lehman. He's a frequent contributor to the show. We thank you for that. Also, he's done an interview with us. He is a massive artist here in Adelaide. Done work for some massive massive stuff. You said, "Well, no ACDC, no Led Zeppelin. Uh, the only Motorhead album was the best four songs. Uh, was the best ne- song plus four songs. Plus was the best plus four songs. Yeah, um, you're right. I think it was the other Motorhead album that didn't. I'm not yeah. sure who made it. Uh, isn't is, is either self-titled or Ace Ace of Spades? I think. Yeah, saying, I think yeah. it was something like that. And no ACDC is just a crime." Uh, it is one of the best hard rock bands Australia, metal has ever, Australian community has ever produced. And uh, it is... But uh, Back and Back yeah. is like the fourth most selling record of all time. It's like, come on, man. That's like our shining light. and You guys don't... And you can't there. do it. You can't do it, can you, uh, Rolling Stones? You know what I mean? Um, Led Zeppelin not making it too is interesting because yeah, well, iconic. Yeah. You know, the way of using orchestral music in heart inside a rock heavy metal commu- uh, context... It wasn't the only band to do it at the time, but they were one of the bands to make it popular, we must we must yeah, agree. But if you're putting like Dream Theatres, like images and words in there, which is a progressive album, he hacking up put Led Zeppelin in there? Or and like even other bands again like Van Halen and Twisted Sisters, you guys would put like glam rock and just heavy metal but you, oh, just you, hard rock. You, you, know, got, uh, these guys in? you got one of our fans on there, Kaya Elliott. What did she have to say, Daddy? Kaya did a lot. She, I mean, she makes good points considering like, you know, you want to um I think I'm paraphrasing here a bit. It's always hard to make up these lists, how many people involved, how do you pick who, etc. Yeah. But when she came down to picking what album she thought should be in the top 10 was a Prong album. Yeah. Now that's cuz we were probably a big influence in the 90s and a lot of guys went from them. So that's a bit of a shame. That they didn't make it. I've got a couple more. A uh, Mr. Andy Lynn reckons and Justice for All should have been in the top 10. AJ. Uh. With injustice for all, I guess at the time after Master of Puppets, they were really just kind of like riding such a big wave. Um, It did add a lot, though, but I thought that Master of Puppets kind of kept a theme going with the long, epic songs, lots of movements, distortion guitars, clean section, that. More polish on with Justice for All, but because it was um, the death of their Cliff Burton, a major contributor to those classical elements, I I think it was a little bit... And plus with the mixing being with the bass mixing down as well. I think there are things holding it back from from going into there. But Metallica were mentioned. And the Black album was known as one of the best-selling albums of all time. And I guess working. So, yeah. yeah. And the last gentleman was Peter Mitchell who said, No Deep Purple equals fake news. And I agree. Yeah. I just, now, that's probably the biggest problem is that they really were one of the biggest contributors to heavy metal. That you can't acknowledge it is just, and and then, like you said, they've, then they know they've missed it, but instead of being like, we have to make adjustments to this list, they were like, let's just make up some crap, but include Mastodon in there. I'm like, dude, they don't, they don't want to be metalheads. Yeah. You know, you've covered stories, or at least other bands have covered stories where they're like, look, we don't, we're not metal. Don't put us with those, those yeah. guys, you know? I'm like, great. Now you're putting him as a metal band. You know? What the hell, man! What but, the hell! But they don't put Deep Purple, but they put Rainbow in. I'm like, it's the same freaking band. Is it the only difference is that Rainbow Rising has one heavy song, which is um Stargazer? But Deep Purple, you have a Perfect Strangers album or you have the Machine Head album. It's like, why? What is wrong with your Rolling Stones? Do you just like to be dicks? Because again, this is you're coming across as being dicks. Yeah, even like Dio's Holy Diver record kind of made it in there as well. And I'm like, there are songs from Deep Purple that are just as heavy. As that, I mean, that middle section for Perfect Strangers, come on, man. How's that not metal? And you can give him that. That album's awesome. That was the, um, that was Perfect Strangers album, wasn't it, Danny? Was that one? The Perfect Strangers, the song. Yeah. Has that wicked heavy middle yeah. section to it. Even I think that second track, the first track, is even like another hit, a like really heavy song. It's like this, what do you, oh. And, and unfortunately, this is the same problem we experienced when we did the um, Golden God Awards, like, was it two, three weeks ago now? with It seems like these people have agendas and they just want to see their favourite bands getting put over continuously and people who deserve to be on these top 10 lists are just not getting put on It's just or top 100 lists yeah. it's just terrible yeah it's yeah it's interesting you know it's we got it to a point where it's like having Motley Crue and dancing that high for me is like and not having those bands like ACDC and Deep Help Make it just adds that little bit more insult to the wounds whether they deserve to be there or not I think is up for contention And having the, the, the list move around a little bit I'm okay with but um these are glaring omissions. These aren't bands that like, um, oh, for example, uh, King Diamond or something, or where they could be controvert, like, you know what I mean? Something like, another band that could be like, considered like Sky Symmetry or Soilwork or In Flames. They could be in it, but they're not, you know, it's none of that butter zone. This is like obvious misses and um, for yeah. that, uh, even like of Filth, they help like establish the scene as well and a sound. But then you have like, they have Black Sabbath, vo- like, a volume four and that is a bluesy and funk album it's the same reason you put half of those guys from 60s, 70s in you put their album in the top 20 yeah. but that is a bluesy funk album what are you guys getting on about so stop and that's the thing if you want to just don't make up rules just say here's our top 100 and screw the rest because we don't like them so what we're really saying is don't read Rolling Stones you know it's just a matter of you know, this is not this is enough for debate. These these other bands that are missed out on. These are bands that are iconic to the heavy metal lore, folklore, if you will. You know, um, they deserve to be there. They should be there. They're not. Someone sue these guys for seven point five million dollars, please. Uh, uh, can we? I hope so, man. If I, we swim for $7.5 million and then I can trademark the thumbs up thing, oh man, it'll oh, we'll be swimming in the You We cage. get a lot more Super metal Brothers out there on the podcast well shit, i didn't I need a new Super Metal Brother. Any takers out there? Well, with that, that's the end of our uh, rant on the uh, heavy metal list. I mean, it sure is a list. It has numbers next to all the names of the bands and stuff. So I guess it's true. It's 100 metal albums and it has a list. So... If that's, if that's what they were going for, then they achieved it. Uh, that's about it. That, yeah, that's about it. They've yeah. named 100 albums. Oh, there you go. Heavy metal. Ah, oh, well, let's uh, continue on. Anyway, guys, let's talk about our CD review. 1985. Seems like a long time ago, didn't it? Well, for one person in particular, John Schaffer, it really has been. Or maybe time goes past when you're having a lot of fun. And this is his baby, Iced Earth. How this guy, Danny, has done, what, 12 studio albums, I think, yeah, this is their 12th studio album, is a testament to his perseverance, his tenacity, and courage. I, I've i done almost one album, and I'm like, how do people want to keep doing this, man? It is like a money pit. It's like having kids, but you love doing it, I guess, because it's a passion. So you, you don't love making kids? <laughs> <laughs> that part's fun, but the uh, other part, yeah. Maybe. We are talking about today is Ice Earth's incorruptible album. Uh, this is really an interesting topic, you know, how a band can keep fresh and motivated to keep writing material. Thing is, this is really John Schaffer's show, and no one else is from the original lineup in the band anymore. Oh, no, this is like I, um, I made a level of uh, band member changes. He pretty much has. Him and then every other instrument's put out at least three or four different people on their since the inception. Thing is, though, I've heard albums of theirs quite a far apart, and it's still they still retain an Ice Earth signature sound. So, when you have the main songwriter or visionary that's still in the band, this is what you get. You know, when a band loses so many or iconic members like Metallica did with Cliff Burton or other uh, bands like Soilwork when they lost their guitarist, you see such a drastic change from the source material that it is argued that you could consider this not the same band. But with Ice Earth, I still think this is an Ice Earth album, I'd imagine. you know, And I think so many of the fans would agree with me, Danny. Uh, yeah, I haven't asked them personally, but I'm going to say yes. Let me- I'd like to think they would. Uh, going through some of the YouTube comments, people were pretty... um. Pretty happy with the uh, the new songs they put up there. Massive vocal, vocal lyrics. All would have raged at the moment. Yeah, known for com- really combining themes of like self-reliance, healthy distrust of authority, you know, screw the establishment, right? Uh, hist- they've got a lot about history and science fiction, I guess, as well. Particularly this album, I've noticed with the uh, history, and um, uh, definitely something to so outline there. Um, the, the You're right though, Dan. The uh, band listing looks more like a stock market rather than like, a, you know, uh, an actual band members that have been a part of it i mean we're talking and they've had great members tim ripper owens vocals bobby jazenbeck denny wow. you know the guy who literally revolutionized drums by hitting cymbals behind his head you know um and ralston toll on guitar you know guys from obituary and stuff you know and tim roms you know him from uh, other bands as judas well like priest, judas priest yeah. and charles of the damp fantastic Ooh, wow. album check that out we've actually reviewed that album um and that's the thing. This band has had iconic members, you know. Uh, they, I guess what we can really do is talk about the album now and really go into what we think about Incorruptible. Do we like it? Do we hate it? Danny, what are you going to rate it? I don't answer that last question just yet. What do we like about this album, Danny? Oh, I like, I like, I like a lot. I mean, the album says, John can really write a great melody. I think he, that is true. Yeah, I mean, like, if you go this, and I uh, only of on the older albums, um, about four albums back or something with Peter Barlow singing and I think he just he can really write a strong melody and he can pace it well he doesn't feel like he has to play fast or do like a million things on a guitar for him to like sell a good riff to you and I give him credit for that he does it quite well in fact whenever he does he always has like an instrumental on an album and his instrumentals even though they can be like the the same riff pattern for the whole song you just don't want to ever get sick of hearing it he just does a really good solid melody and I think that's a, a very strong selling point of the album it's an Ice Earth album, I think. First and foremost, but the one thing I did get pre-adjusted to was that it feels very folky, and it's got a very strong power metal uh, presence about this album. And a bit of that happiness, which for me was interesting, because I got well the best Ice Earth Ice Earth songs that I like lose that power metal uh, obvious uh, distinction, but kind of combine it with like thrash or um, very tough sort of works around uh, guitar lines or even vocals where it's not so much facetto or very off pratic and it's a bit more subtle and and uh, setting setting a tone you know a bit more depressing and darker uh, this isn't though this album I think really gives a more of a kind of an energetic vibe I think to a degree uh, with that sense however there are a lot of songs which are a bit more slower mid-paced kind of um, uh, anthems I would imagine. Yeah, I agree with that. And the singer himself has that tone better, which is more of on the like the depressing type of sound. He, mm. he, he reminds me a lot of Peter Barlow, the old singer from uh, Something Wicked Comes This Way, that album. Very, very similar stylings, He's you a know, high falsetto when required, and that like, sad, droning tone at times as well. I find that it's not as sad, though. I do think he kind of... Because the riffs in this and the overall music really feels... Uh, a bit lighter than some of the other efforts from exactly like the album you were talking about. Um, So yeah, I do agree on that, but um, there are things for me that I didn't really... The same problem with Ice Earth for me is that every album feels like the first five to six tracks give you a strong impression of the album and give you exactly what you need from the album. And then after a while, I find that... um, I would say so much that it quotes itself or that it uses itself again, but I just become just like disengaged from it, and then I'm kind of like, ah, what else is on, right? Yeah. But the, for, the, for the time I'm with a Nice Earth record, I'm always enjoying it though, you know, to a degree, and then I hit a wall and I'm like, ah, that's enough. And this album's pretty much the same for me. Um, it's just stuff like track six, which I found with a, a bit of a filler. The instrumental did that interesting thing with the vocal line, which I don't quite understand. It kind of sounds a bit weird. That yeah, chant thing. That chant thing. Yeah. And uh, there's some interesting musical decisions, like in the last track where they had this really cool I and mean, you could tell it was about war, right? Rah, rah, rah. They did this really cool drum pat thing, and I thought they were going to go into a classic Ice Earth heavy thing, but it got quite folky and quite yeah. happy. I'm like, yeah, whenever anyone thinks about war, and we talk... What was the band we gave shit to this, Danny? They were talking about Chia- war. Chow. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't get that from war, man. Yeah, like, when we're talking about war, exactly. it's like, let me tell you about a tale where everyone died. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, um, it's just interesting, you know? I guess maybe when we talk about demons and dwarves fighting it's one thing and i get that it's like who cares like yeah. you know those things are made up anyway just but um it's a real battle yeah like satan there. it's just like yeah who cares you know <laughs> yeah we get a behemoth Take it easy. <laughs> oh i know yeah don't, don't get me started on freaking um uh what's his name um, that's right no girl yeah um but that's the problem i find i said look it's fantastic it's a solid album from start to finish but i think once you listen to enough of it uh, you get pretty familiar with it and that's the problem with me because it is this album feels very power metal and yeah. unfortunate for me I do oh. tune off with power metal because vocal lines are just too much man I just hear that power and I'm hear that yeah and I'm just like yeah, oh. it's no, a shame man. I think the other thing about this album is unfortunately it's very guitar driven and guitar heavy that when the guitar heavy is not there and it comes strips back a bit the drumming and the bass aren't strong enough or the, to like fill in that void, or even like synth guitar, or synth or whatever. There's, there's something there which doesn't back up the guitarist to really help out and keep the song dry I do find that um, the drums. There is a good drummer behind it, and he has on occasion do a really cool feel, releasing the hats or something yeah, like cool yeah. that. Um, you're right. It really does feel like he's dipping his uh, fingers in all the pies. And I guess he's gotten that luxury because he's been with the band for 27 years, mm-hmm. so he kind of gets to rule the roost the way he wants. However. I would imagine this album would have sounded a little bit better if they're like, these are the riffs, just do what you guys are best at doing, right? And we'll just see what happens afterwards and become your own musicians and add your own life to the riffs. Yeah. Um. That's the thing, because like you said, the melodies are iconic, but then there's just simple things which I would find, like you said, could lift up certain sections. Uh, and do it uh, So, but again I, I really do think that the first 5 to 6 tracks are really cool yeah. strongest on the album you can make singles out of all of them a little bit like a pop record Like you can make the singles out of the top 6 and the rest of it's there for anyone that's a fan who wants to keep hearing more of it yeah fair enough I mean the good thing about uh, Johnny Gaines is he's a really good storyteller like I said the last song something you could tell was a uh, song about battles he does well because he yeah. puts like bagpipes required a bit of synthful feeling does a choir chanting does like you know the snare rolls to help you set tones. I think the best thing, though, for me, was Track 9, when he the last track, so Track yeah. 10. He does that um, wood windpipe sound. And to me, that's like full like kickboxer of Jean-Claude Van Damme montage scene. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. Track 9 was actually, I must admit, oh, I should have included that. That was cool. I wouldn't like the instrumental more if it actually had singing. I feel like the leads and the the, the stuff in there isn't an interesting enough for me to want to keep listening to it. Yeah, it is an instrumental, but I don't think it really could have done with some powerful moments with the scene, you know. Um I guess the st- that's the problem with the staple of wanting to have to write an instrumental or he felt like it was an instrumental. Mm. I felt this would have been better with a vocalist, you know, and yeah. I'm like instead of having the guy take a take a dump on it and take five, I reckon he should have been taking a dump with the microphone in the uh the studio with him. Well that's interesting. Actually it was tracks of the instrumental which has the oh, sorry. part, which I really enjoyed. So that was that was pretty funny oh track six has to, yeah he, yeah, but like you got such a tie to into, like kickboxer movies and Van Damme that's classics right, that's right that's you know same. I'm like yeah well yeah that's nah, it's not the same you know maybe it is um, but, but, but listen it usually takes you to places man that's the point of music it uh, takes you on the a All right. So, so you're like you know you're saying that you are a Katy Perry fan provided that she has Jean-Claude Van Damme using crazy uh, kicks, uh, crazy clips kicks yeah <laughs> in the film clips is that what you're saying no. Or having like you know, like the uh, predator in it, like you know, like with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and his awesome Austrian accent. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, not really, Matt. You can't go away from the point here. Okay. okay, but the point is, we're talking about the CD, and that's the problem I find with it. But that's what I love about it because I think Ice Earth is so iconic that they have such a trademark sound that is very cool for power metal. It's so much. It's so great to have people go into it because mm. I find that if you want a band to get you into power metal, this is the band. It's not. Iron Maiden, or maybe it is, I wouldn't say so. Uh, it's not like. Um, uh, Who is some Sabaton. Yeah, what was that? Even uh, Brian Guardian's gone too progressive. Brian Guardian days. now, That's you know. Uh, Twisting the Myth was a great album, but after that, it got very much like. It's uh, just, just too progressive. Too so, like Lord of the Rings, let's go for you it. You know, exactly. So this is the band to do it. However, I would still recommend some of the earlier stuff because it's just got that more, a heavier link to heavy metal that. Um, people can find but this album does touch on it with some of the other songs like Track 9 for example um, the second track I think it was pretty cool as well that I really really liked um, Track 1 was obviously the heaviest one of the heaviest on the, on the song and album as well um, but no means a bad album no no I agree I think if you're an Ice Earth fan you'd be happy with this you think it's it's more of the same but good not, yeah not, not saying it's repaired, but it's, it's good more of the same so yeah no, I think it's a good album I think most people again if you again, if the death fast technical thrash, death, yeah, don't listen to it. You won't enjoy it at all. Mm. But if you're into like anything from like just progressive rock into power metal, I think you enjoy the album. Well, I think this gives a chance for the fans who have been listening to all the times to keep on board with it, and that's the greatest thing for the fans out there is that they've got something that they can have. And this does sound a little enough different from previous albums to to push the band forward, and uh, that should keep. Ice Earth fans engaged still, you know. Hmm. Uh, this isn't, and this is what it is doing it right now. Just because I'm saying I don't really like it, I wouldn't have bought this album if I didn't need to. But however, I would still buy previous Ice Earth records. I think that the best thing about Ice Earth is that they've got uh, availability there for you because they're such great writers, or and they do such great and have such great musicianship on there as well. So um, for Ice Earth fans, be very happy. But I think for fans coming in, there are other works that you can get to come in if you are finding yourself from other genres. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah, that's cool, man. Cool! What a review! That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good. So uh, would you would you recommend people buy Pick This Up, Daddy? Again, if you like anything from like progressive rock to power metal, you should definitely have a listen to it and then buy if you think it's suited for you. We have actually reviewed now a few of these kind of power metal-y heavy albums. Uh, we had Pyramaze on here before, which I found... Had a similar kind of feel to it, but I think they were obviously a little bit heavier. We've had Child Child Wars of the Damned on here as well. Danny, where does this line up for you with all the ones of those power metal bands that we've actually reviewed? We even had that other power metal band we had uh, this year as well. Yeah, the people from America of the chick singer. Yeah, yeah that's right, goth power metal. But you're yeah, right. Uh, look, this is more of a classic power metal album. I think this one here will stick to the fans' true like Child Wars of the Damned. These are more for those. It's not as like progressive as other albums i think it's more um you more i definitely agree that it's way more traditional power metal i don't know yeah i think child Wars of the fans child war or the dam fans would like it however i would push Char wars of the dam a little higher than this as far as accessibility because they actually use different formulas of writing not so much formula of writing the songs but different styles enough that separate separated where i think ice earth he really has a style that kind of placates to his songwriting and he uses different melodies around it. But I don't know. I felt like they took a bit more risk with Child Walls where this guy definitely took more, maybe the songwriting style not so much, but then the use of the melodies a little bit more. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. So I'd still think because you really get that thing with Ice Seth where it's like a so slow mid-paced song which has your acoustic section right, right, and then your heavy fast stuff, right. But what they did was it is involved different melodies and stuff. Whereas you know, whereas I think Child Was a Damn just kind of like let's do a Dio song, let's do a throwback to a the '70s, or let's do a heavy death metal blast beat in the middle of a ballad. You know what I mean? Like that for me was pro- like challenging writing, and it really felt like these guys were having fun taking a few gambles where I think. With this record, they didn't say much. I know it's a bit off the tangent, but I think it's important yeah. that we talk about to further increase our status in the fans' eyes that we kind of know what we're talking about, even <laughs> though we, we really don't. Shut up, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you say all the words in the dick show, you're bound to hit the nail on the head eventually. That's right. Contradicting is also one of those. You know, Walking Contradiction was a Green Day song, and I feel like right now I'm sitting, so I'm okay with doing that. Excellent, excellent Danny. So, with that, I guess that's the end of our Ice Earth review. Again, a band that is iconic and are still hitting home runs, just not as impressive or as long. Sure, okay. And uh, hey, the good news is that after this album, they're off their Century Meter record deal and they'll be made their own studio and they will be making their own albums. And that's going to be interesting because when you have a band that all of a sudden hasn't got a tie into a certain label, like you said. They the label takes everything and this is what's happening these days you're seeing f- more and more bands pulling away from having a record label but running into it with a distribution label so that way because when you have a record label you basically go in there and they're like okay we're going to give you all the money to make this record but then after it we're going to expect a cut from the CDs from your merch from your daughter's inheritance from your yeah. wife's doing her nursing gig whatever you know as long as they're getting paid and that but now it's like well distribution's like well once the CD's done they're gonna take you know a slice of what that is, but you know, seeing as most of it's online these days, your biggest audience is one that you can do from your nat- like comfort of your own home. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, it should be good when they come out, and um, we'll review it for yeah. sure. I can't wait. I reckon, you know, even if I get three or four tracks I love off of it, that's way more than the Suicide Signs album. And I paid like something like twenty or thirty bucks for that piece yeah, of crap. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like, honestly, I don't know. I could have gone into the toilet taken a dump uh, that I've had from the Mexican uh, place in front of my house the night before pulled my hand into it and pulled out better tracks than on that record man yeah, you know what I mean Yeah. what makes it worse that we actually don't have Mexican Crossroads we have Indians so that shows you how crazy this oh, is oh that's and right yeah. so um you know that's what we have to say about it but until then yeah, I've been Supergirl Brother Matt and in the words of past earth intrepid sons with heads held high, go where glory awaits I've been my Brother Dan that was heavy Not everybody!